Welcome to Section 420, Talking Yankees, the podcast. And if you haven't done it already, subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it. I'm sure you subscribe button. Hit that and get notified when new content goes up throughout the season. Weekends, weekdays, bar mitzvahs, parties, weddings, covered all year round. Section 420, Talking Yankees, the podcast. Don't fall behind the class. You know, everyone else in the classroom will be talking about the episode. Like, I didn't even listen to it. Well, did you subscribe? No. And then you get a failing grade by the teacher. You look stupid in class. So you don't want to do that. So make sure you subscribe. Section 420, Talking Yankees, to this podcast. So the Yankees. Um, after a stellar homestand against the uh, Anaheim Angels of Oakland of the United States of America, as well as the Detroit Tigers, where, again, the theme there was the starting pitching, which was outstanding, some of the best Yankees starting pitching uh, since 1978. Uh, again, the starters putting five games in a row of go- going seven runs or more and only giving up one run or less. Uh, so a good showing there. Unfortunately, in Minnesota, it was like the exact opposite. So you would say collectively probably the worst uh, series for Yankees starting pitching uh, so far this season. But nevertheless, the Yankees do take two out of three. The last game, probably the best one of them all. A little bit of a thrill there. Uh, but again, the Yankees started pitching uh, this time around. Uh, had pr- a pretty big letdown, but again, I think they're all afforded that. Again, they've been outstanding so far this season. So a little bump in the road, not really a big deal. Uh, so this was a situation where the Yankee bats had to pick up the slack, and overall, they certainly did. So the first game, uh, Tyone um, took the mound. Uh, got you now the Yankees got him uh, an early two nothing lead thanks to home runs from uh, Aaron Judge as well as General Carl Stanton. Good to see Stanton hit one just because you know he was out for a while with the calf slash ankle injury. So just good to see him uh, you know uh, finally launch one there. And of course you know Minnesota pretty a, a pretty big cavernous ballpark, so uh, not so easy to hit a home run. So you really have to crush it out there. But uh, again, Stanton made it pretty easy just with that swing with his. Uh, but again, Tyone uh, wasn't really able to give the Yankees much distance. Only able to go. Four innings, gave up four runs himself, and those would be the only runs that the uh, Twins would score. Uh, fortunately for the Yankees, they were able to just, uh, you know, just keep adding on and take the first game 10-4. to four. So pretty much uh, you know, a breather in that one. Just, again, the only little uh, uh, kick in the shin there was that Tyone, again, only able to go four innings, give it four runs, again, didn't get much much length from him. But, again, uh, previous start, you know, brought like a, a perfect game to the eighth inning. So, you know, I think I – think, could be maybe just maybe some of these starters, you know, went have been going long lately. So maybe they tied out a little bit in Minnesota. We don't know. But, again, only four innings for Tyone. But, again, the Yankees take the first game. The second game was interesting because it was kind of a loss that they haven't had all season where both the starting pitching wasn't good as well as the hitting was non-existent. Uh, so Nestor Cortez um, came on the mound for the second game for the Yankees and didn't have much. Uh, got knocked around for, um, for uh, four runs himself. And the Yankee bullpen wasn't much better. Clark Schmidt gave up four runs uh, as well. And it was the only, I guess, bright spot with pitching was Manny Banuelos, who, again, a little bit of the comeback kid here, having his uh, Yankee moment after waiting 14 uh, seasons, uh, able to you know, at least close out the last two innings without giving up a run. But the Yankee offense was non-existent here. Uh, and then uh, Minnesota was able to take the second game 8-1. to one. Of course, the return of Carlos Correa. Uh, again, the Minnesota signed him to a one-year deal for $35 million. Actually, well, technically, it's a three-year deal. But if you know, you can opt out of the first year. So he was out for a while with a back injury. So he comes back in the game. So it was his sort of debut, uh, I guess, against, against the Yankees so far this season. So it all left it up to the uh, rubber match, the third game, which is probably the most exciting game. Kind of weird as well for the Yankees uh, in some regards. So Garrett Cole on the mound, the ace. You figure, uh, you know, you, you like your chances there. But Cole probably had his second worst outing of the year. I would say the first worst outings that won in Detroit where he had to get yanked from the second inning. This time around, uh, you know, gives up three home runs. Uh, in the first inning, including uh, Carlos Correa, as well as Brian Buxton, who would hit another home run later against Cole. Uh, in the second inning, overall, Cole gives up five home runs and has to be yanked from the game uh, in the third inning. And the Yankees were in a um, 
73 hole. The only bright spot early on was a home run from Gallo. Just good to see him uh, hit one finally and show up in this game. Now, uh, so this is a situation where the Yankees were down uh, three to seven. Uh, but you know, got to give credit to the Yankee bats. They never gave up uh, and started, started the comeback in the fifth inning. Thanks to back to back to belly to belly home runs from both Joey Gallo again, his second of the game, as well as DJ LeMayu. Brought the Yankees up, uh, at least uh, cut the deficit 7-5. And then a little interesting situation. So I guess maybe uh, with uh, Correa out a little bit, a little miscommunication. So uh, Gleyber Torres hit an uh, infield pop-up. And it looks like there was a miscommunication between Jorge Polanco and Carlos Correa. The ball actually drops right in the shortstop hole. So you could kind of make the fall. as probably Correa's ball. But nevertheless, could be, again, a situation for him just being out for a while uh, with the back injury. Uh, put, a, put, put a runner on for Aaron Hicks, who, again, has had a miserable, miserable start to the season. Uh, but he actually hits his, I would say, the biggest home run for him, of course, this season. Maybe the biggest home run since, uh, you remember, I think when the Yankees were facing, I think it was 2019, yeah, uh, at Yankee Stadium, the American League Championship Series. Hit a three-run three home run against Justin Verlander uh, against the visiting uh, Houston Astros. So that was 2019. So you say this is probably Aaron Hicks's biggest home run in almost almost three three years. Um for, for himself and just for the team in general, pulls the Yankees with a, a, a tie 7-7. And from the uh, there, the Yankees tacked on the seventh Rizzo. Uh, knocking in judge on opposite field single, actually on a 100-mile-per-hour fastball, took it to left field, a little oppo hitting there. And the Yankees would eventually build themselves up to a 10-7 lead. And the rest of the Yankee bullpen, again, since Cole, uh, you know, again, wasn't able to go past the third. It was a, it was a, it was a little, uh, you got a little Lucas Lucky there, uh, Miguel Castro, uh, Michael King, and of course, you know, the new Iceman, Clay Holmes, able to close it out. So, uh, thrilling win for the Yankees, and good, good to see the, um, now that Aaron Hicks hit that home run, probably really like an elephant off his chest right now. Maybe that gets him going. We'll see. Uh, that'd be nice for the Yankees. And of course, a couple of home runs from Gallo, who again, like Hicks, has been struggling this season. So, it just goes to show that if you get all these guys rolling, I mean, this Yankee offense, a night where, again, surprisingly, you didn't get much from Judge, didn't get much from Stanton. Uh, so it was kind of, you know, the the uh, kind of the, the silent bombers, Hicks and Gallo, kind of took the mantle here. And, of course, the Yankee bullpen able to piece it together. And Holmes had no problem finishing it out, striking out Correa uh, in the ninth as well, just to say, you know, goodbye to him. And, uh, you know, we, we uh, knew this was going to be the, you know, I guess the Yankees meeting up with uh, Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela. Um, they really weren't affected much at all um, in this series. In fact, in the second game, actually Hicks threw out Urshela trying to score at home. So that was probably the only time you really mentioned Urshela's name. Uh, but I, I have to, you know, give credit. You know, they have upped the, their game a little bit. So I was kind of ragging on, you know, he always analyzed the trade to see who got the better part of the deal. But Gary Sanchez at least pulled himself over 200, hitting, you know, at least at this point, you know, saying this right now, hit 217, seven home runs, 27 RBIs. So eh, not, not terrible. Uh, but, you know, you know he wanted to hit a home run 500 feet against Garrett Cole. It was Garrett Cole part of the reason you know, Gary shipped out of town because when your ace doesn't want to pitch to you, you know, pretty much the writing's on the wall. You're not going to be going to be around, around here much longer. Um, and of course, Gio Shella, respectable, 278, five home runs, 24 RBI. So, you know, you want to analyze the trade who got the better of the deal right now. Y'all know if the jury's really in, but uh, the Yankees getting, you know, great shortstop play from IKF. Not much of a power hitter, but, you know, good puts on good quality bats, Put it, been a part of some Yankee comebacks uh, into the game. And of course, Ben Rovet right now, uh, you know, treating, uh, getting treatment. So we really he hasn't played at all the seasons. Can't see he's a fact. And of course, Josh Donaldson. Um, you know, you say he really hasn't been there too much at the bat. Uh, but the, the defense at third has been there. 
And again, part of the reason the Yankees have been successful this season, much improved on the left side of that defense, whether it's Donaldson there or when DJ plays in, of course, IKF, a goal glover himself there at short in the shortstop hole, made a big difference again compared to this Yankee team from the past couple of seasons where the you know infield defense has been you know quite sloppy. So uh, you know, I guess the jury's still there who got the better of that deal. But uh, again, Yank overall the important thing the Yanks come away. Uh, taking two out of three against Minnesota. Now we'll come home for a little in the league action against those Chicago Cubs. Uh, good to see, you know, and I guess Rizzo, you know, it'll be interesting to see you know, Rizzo against his old team. So I guess that'll be the, the main storyline with that one. And of course, around baseball, you know, just some general news Joe Madden is probably getting fired from the Anaheim Angels. Again, he came into when they came to the Yankee Stadium, they were on a five game losing streak. So the Yankees gave three more losses, built themselves up to a 12 game losing streak overall. And then I guess that's when uh, management decided to let him go. You know, it's really hard to fault him. Again, he's a good manager and had a lot of successful uh, seasons with uh, the Tampa Bay Rays and a team that, again, had like a $2 payroll. Uh, and they figured bringing him in here and his genius with, you know, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and then the sky's the limit. You know, of course, Trout and Otani is good. But if you look at the rest of that Angels lineup, really no one scares you. So I don't know if you really blame that on Madden. Uh, but whatever the reason, maybe he lost a clubhouse and really wanted to, or just feel like we had to do something. So they let Madden go. So he's out there. And I'm kind of worried about him because, you know, he, he was always a thorn inside of the Yankees as the, the Tampa manager. So good just to see him out of you know, baseball just in terms of looking in the future of potential playoff matchups, you know, come uh, October. And, of course, you know, in-house for the Yankees, um, John Sterling announced at least for the second half of the season he wants to cut back his workload for the road games. Kind of understandable. He's 84 years old. And I guess, you know, the travel and the wear and tear of doing all that. Uh, kind of beats up on you a little bit. So uh, I'm available if they want me, you know, you know, they'll, uh, they'll have to like uh, give me a lot of money because I'll quit my job. But yeah, I'm available if they want me. Uh, but yeah, so less John Sterling on the road, which is kind of a bummer because I'm sure there'll be some great opportunities for for some home run calls on some you know games where the Yankees come back in the ninth inning, hit a go head home run. He won't be there to call it. But uh, nevertheless, I guess this again, 84 years old, he's been doing this for a while. So, you know, if it's, that makes it healthier, make it better, make his voice better, whatever, so be it. So uh, so that's, that's what I got for you. So Yankees take two out of three in Minnesota. Good series for the Yankees. Starting pitching wasn't good, but okay, you know, I think they, they could take a, a, a series off because you know, the pitching has been phenomenal lately. And maybe just with all the workload, them going, you know, deep into, deeper into games, six, seven, eight innings sometimes, so, you know, maybe, you know, maybe they're starting to have some wear and tear on them. Maybe they're going to start tying out a little bit. We'll, we'll wait and see. Uh, but not a, not anything to be concerned about at this point. So come home, then we'll see what they do against those uh, Chicago Cubs. So Section 420 Talking Yankees, subscribe and get notified when new content comes up. See us back soon.